Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. If you feel like your allergies are having a comeback tour and you want relief quickly, you can try Astapro. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny, and itchy nose and sneezing. And it starts working in just 30 minutes. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Use this directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to Switched on Pop. I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. And I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. And today I want to get right to the center of the question, which is... Nate, what's wrong with everybody's voice? It's it's weird, man. It's, it's I don't know. There's some epidemic. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking striking. about? Yeah, I think I do. Tell me about it. I mean, I think you're you're referring to a pandemic that we're experiencing in which people's voices become uh, distorted, pitched up, chopped up. Totally altered and yeah, completely. So I'll just play you a couple of songs that uh, I think exemplify this pretty well. This is Gold by Kira. We also have Coldplay's Hymn for the Weekend, remixed by Seed. Also using this technique, Haley Seinfeld and Zed Starving. Then, of course, we have Calvin Harris featuring Rihanna, This Is What You Came For. Snake featuring Justin Bieber, Let Me Love You. And finally, we have Mike Posner's I Took a Pill in Ibiza, also remixed by C. These songs are all on the charts right now, and they're all using the exact same technique. This is crazy, Charlie. (laughs) 
feel like we've stumbled in on some secret Illuminati <laughs> DJ meeting or something. So we've got Coldplay, Rihanna, Justin Bieber with DJ Snake, Mike Posner, Haley Seinfeld. I, I, I also might add there's a number of songs that we've discussed on this show that use this technique as well, from Robin's Call Your Girlfriend to Justin Bieber. Uh yeah, where are you now? <laughs> where are you now? That's what I'm thinking of. So I think a lot of us are familiar with the technique of auto-tuning as a way of yeah. distorting people's vocals, which is something that's like a very contentious issue, whether right. or not auto-tuning is okay. But this is something entirely different. Yes. How do we describe this? What are we What are we going to call this phenomenon? Well, people's vocals are being completely distorted in an entirely new way. And basically, I mean, the technique is vocal sampling and it, it taking a sample of a vocal and basically messing with it in software vocal sampling okay good so now we have a name for this and and we can just begin to unpack this a little bit and and my theory is that if we thought that the saxophone was like the big thing that was coming back and taking over mainstream music just a few months ago the vocal sample is the new saxophone it really does seem pretty ubiquitous it it makes me kind of worried like uh you know is are these singers okay because they sound <laughs> increasingly out of sorts as you listen right, to them right there's they're basically their vocals are warped altered distorted and are, are we destroying people's beautiful voices <laughs> some of our biggest stars so what i want to do today is investigate this question yes. and look at how can we recognize this sound why are people using it and where does it come from? Are you are you down for this uh, investigation? I am deeply down. Let's get weird. All right. So for the sake of uh, time, I don't think that we can look at every single song on the charts. No. And I think that it would be fruitful to maybe select just one. Great. I haven't selected one. Okay. So how are we going to decide? Well, I just played you a bunch of really hot tracks. Yeah. And I want to see if you have oh, a favorite. man. No pressure. Okay. You think, it, you think it's Mike Posner? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. I now I'm. No, like I, I think it's a great choice. Is it though, Charlie? <laughs> it's a beautiful choice. No, it's not. I failed. Uh, all right. Let's do it. Let's take a listen to Mike Posner and uh, get a sense of what's going on. Right on. Okay, so that's Mike Posner's I Took a Pill in Ibiza remixed by Seed. I want to ask you what is happening here and what purpose does it serve? I mean, I have to, I have to be perfectly honest that we, in, t- in discussing this, we get into uh, areas of the arcana of musical production that I find completely mystifying. Oh, okay. I've been studying up on this. Yeah, so maybe so this, I can this will be a little, uh, yeah, edifying for me. In, uh, in the most rudimentary way, I hear in the breakdown of this song, the, the like amp up post chorus moment. DJ Sieb, I guess, yeah. taking Mike Posner's voice and manipulating it into this kind of composed uh, little melodic section where right. he like takes a little snippet of his voice 
and recrafts it into an entirely new melody. That's exactly right. Yeah, how yeah. how that is accomplished, I have zero idea. I am going to show you today. Okay, that's I, awesome. I figured it out. Where does it land in the song? Okay, good question. It's um, it's not in the original, right? In the in that acoustic original, there's no section like this. I don't believe so. Yeah. So this is at, so this is right after the the chorus, right? Right. So in the original, it's all I know are sad songs. Right. That's the chorus. Yeah. So in some ways, I feel like the chorus is almost becoming like a pre-chorus to this new moment. Yeah, totally, because that is the central hook of the song, that vocal sample. It's the main hook. So what's happening in a significant portion of these songs which are using this technique is that they are completely replacing the chorus. Yeah. We have lost the chorus. Where has it gone? It has dropped out. So I actually asked our our web developer, Mike Maffetone, who is uh, an absolute EDM fan and knows this stuff so well, what the heck is going on? So we'll actually go to him for the answer. That's awesome. Hey guys, this is Mike Mavitone. I do some development work on the Switch on Pop website, and uh, it's nice to finally be on the podcast. So I think the reason why it's replacing the chorus is because of the similar song structure to what EDM has become, uh, and and that's sort of centered around the drop. The drop is something that we heard emerge in the EDM scene around 2010, uh, along with the success of DJs like Steve Aoki, David Guetta, and Swedish House Mafia in the United States. Uh, we heard like the subgenre of progressive house start mixing with electro, and we heard a number of producers start to, quote, perfect the formula uh, for the ultimate festival anthem. And the, the kind of song structure that we're hearing is sort of like an intro, a simple main melody, then a harmonized synth power chord melody, then the lead up, and then the drop. And then that all pr- repeats itself uh, a second time before the outro comes. Um, the drop becomes EDM's version of a chorus. Audiences expected to hit hard and at least twice in a track. Um, it, it plays for as long as the average person can sustain jumping up and down in place, about 30 seconds, and then gives the audience a, a a break to rest before the drop hits again and the audience has recharged and can jump all around. That's awesome. So in short, he's saying that the chorus in electronic music is basically this section they call the drop. Right. Which is the moment where everybody's supposed to jump up and down and dance yeah. for as long as they possibly can until you're completely worn out. And the drop is basically this like heavy moment where the beat hits, the like crazy synthesizer moment happens, and that EDM producers are moving into the pop realm. They are taking this drop and sort of superimposing it upon the traditional chorus that we expect in a pop song. Right. 
So in a remix like this, we're even hearing he's taking what is chorus material and actually making it a buildup to an even even bigger moment, which hadn't previously existed in the yeah. song. Right, which is crazy because for like 40 or 50 years, the chorus has been the most essential and important element of a pop song, right? That's the part that you sell, that gets stuck in your head, that uh, everyone sings along to. But this is sort of changing the script because it's putting the emphasis on this part after the chorus. And it ends up, I think, being more important. I mean, it's the hook. As we said, like the the, the part that you sing is really just the build-up to the moment where you go totally mad. Okay, yeah. Okay, so now let's identify, what are we going to call this new section of music? Oh, I hadn't thought about that. I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm very into defining things right now. Okay, so... so we've, got this, we've got this, like, more uh, micro-level musical technique of the vocal sample, which tends to be used in songs in this specific section that comes after the chorus. What are we, maybe the post-chorus? The post-chorus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You uh, want to roll with that? But I feel like there's probably other songs out there that actually do have a post-chorus, which is like a, sec- it- a, mat- a section of material which would be mm, related yeah. to the chorus but is not the main hook. Right. So then should we just call it the drop? I think it's the drop. Okay, great. That works. The pop drop? The pop drop. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is the, the drop moving from EDM into pop music. So it's the pop drop. Wow. I'm, I'm way into it. Yeah. All right. We got the pop drop. So... In summary, we've got these weird vocals happening at this moment of a song called The Pop Drop, and it's happening all over the place. Yeah, precisely. You you listen to Top 40 Radio, whether you're listening to your earbuds or you're just at the mall or whatever, and you're going to start hearing this effect. Yeah. Okay, so I, I think in order to move forward, we need to have a better idea of what the heck is actually going on. Yes, that would be very helpful. Right, like you are a um, profoundly better musician than I am. Thank you. But I think I one-up you in terms of production skills. Yes. So you can describe the musical elements but have no idea how the heck did they make that. Yeah. Here's what's going on. I need to ask for a volunteer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, since there's no one else in the room, uh, hey, I guess I'll... Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Uh, hey guys, I'm I'm Nate Sloan. I'm I'm from New York City. Uh, so I have to ask something fairly embarrassing. Yeah. I need you to sing a song for us. Ooh man. Okay. What do you what What do we? What's what been inspiring you recently? Have you been written? Have you written anything? Have you been listening to other songs? Do you have a karaoke favorite? Uh, what have I been singing? Um, you know that Bobby Caldwell song, "Open Your Eyes." No, what's that? Oh, it's so good. It's like. I see you in a lonely place, and I will be by your side. Beautiful. No, that one. <laughs> no. That's a goodie. That's been stuck in my head for some Who, Is this a recent song? There is a light. Uh, no, it's from the 70s. Bobby Caldwell was like this kind of blue-eyed soul singer that for a while like never... Um, like never showed his face, never made a music video, never appeared on any album coverage because he was a white guy, but who was like really popular in like African-American markets. So the, so his producers were like, let's just like keep it kind of a secret if you're like knowing that no one knows that you're white. Okay, well, maybe this is an appropriate choice because we're going to continue to disguise and disorient uh, the, the the sound of, of his songs through your voice. Are you, are you ready to give this a go? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so to, so to, to show what's going on, let's take that line 
and see if we can turn it into our own little EDM drop. Okay. All right. Yeah, let's do it. So the first thing I need to ask for you is actually to let's let's just let's just hear that line one more time. Okay. Me 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 me. Okay, ready? I see you in a lonely place. Now we'll be by your side. Shout out to Bobby Caldwell. Okay, so what I want to do is I want to take that vocal that you played with me, yeah, and I want to sh- I want to show I want to show you what people are doing. Great. With it. Okay, so the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna, I'm gonna grab that file. Seed me. I'm gonna seed you. All right. Calvin Harris me. Basically, every modern computer software has a thing called a sampler. Right. Probably the most uh, popular that DJs are using right now, producers are using, is in Ableton Live. I actually once was on an airplane and Skrillex was on the plane and he worked the entire time on his Ableton session when he got off the plane and walked down to the arrival section to catch a cab in LAX the entire time he had his laptop in front of him working on his Ableton session. No, dude, how how have I never heard this story before? I don't know how to tell you that. Wait, I have a lot more questions. First (laughs) first class? He was in first class. I was not. Yeah. You were just spying on him through the, through <laughs> yeah, the curtain. Exactly. Wow, that's really... So he's a workaholic, huh? Yeah. It's, there's an amazing thing about this, which is that the audio production software that the biggest producers use yeah. is the same thing that you know any kid can get on their computer at home. Right. That is kind of fascinating. Cool. Yeah. So given this, this uh, fairly affordable audio production software, which is like a multi-million dollar studio from the 1970s in a box, which you can install on your computer, right. you can very quickly and easily take someone's vocals and turn it into an entirely new instrument cool want to give it a go yes all right so here's what we're gonna do i'm gonna open up this uh this software called ableton where i make beats right yeah and i'm gonna grab an instrument called a sampler all i have to do yeah i grabbed that piece of audio that you had recorded yeah beautiful Vocal. Grab that piece of audio which you sang, yeah. and I have exported it into a WAV file, and I'm literally dragging and dropping it into the sampler. It's and, true. And just, right away, yeah. just check this out. Yeah. I see you in a lonely place. I will be by your side. Oh my god, I'm in an EDM track. Yeah, yeah it's uh, Chipmunk Nate. Charlie, since for, for those listening at home, Charlie yeah. literally just pressed a button and transformed my voice. But it, it gets worse. Okay. I see you in a lonely place. So that's a little bit more like what we were expecting, right? Oh, yeah. All right. Without doing anything this yeah. software just took that and mapped it onto a keyboard yeah and repitches the entire thing right so ba- like so basically you can play my voice as if it were a piano keyboard that's exactly right in other words anytime you press a key on the on the piano keyboard it triggers a different aspect of of my voice yes yeah one of the cool things is that it also mapped out that sample so that it plays back at the same speed always typically a one way of changing the pitch of something is you just make play it faster right and this is where like if you hit the wrong button on your turntable you'll have the beatles be like love you yeah (laughs) (laughs) or love you now yeah (laughs) so it actually knows to play it back at the exact same speed with some fancy computer algorithms that i don't understand but it just automatically if i play you in your normal voice i see you or high up or low and we and it's worth 
stopping a second to just note how revolutionary that is. I mean, it's I can't even imagine how complicated that actually is yeah. to do. It uh, used to be if you if you increase the pitch of something, it it sped way up, and if you decrease it, it slowed way down. So DJ's problems were always how do I get the beat to be the same and the key to be the same because exactly. they are basically two very two variables which are connected to each other that you can't control separately. Well, with this software, all you have to do is hit one button yeah. and boom, you got it. That's crazy. Okay, so the next thing I'm going to do uh, in order to make this more fun. Uh, right now, I can play that entire thing back, but what if I want to chop up different elements of it? Yeah. Right. So, like, if we if you look in like the the, the Mike Posner song, right. Hey. That part. Yeah. The ooe. All of a sudden, it's actually a different thing going on. The first part is sort of playing around on the same note. And then there's a, a, uh, another part of what he sings is played. Another syllable. Basically, the first part of the melody is one syllable. That's right. And the next is another. Yeah. yeah. So say I want to play different parts of what you sang. Right. Another good example is this is used uh, um, throughout the Rihanna Calvin Harris song. Yeah. Uh, she goes, you, 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 right? Okay, I go into slice mode, change the sensitivity. Yes. I have to play with it for like one second. Uh-huh. I have now mapped out every single word you say okay. into a different key, and I can basically play it however I want. So this will give you an example. Ready? Okay. I see you in a lonely place. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so this is the other part of the Posner song where you just take a little snippet of my voice. Yeah, so I want to make two different instruments of you. Yeah. One is going to be turning your voice into an instrument, and the other is going to be playing different portions of the parts that you sang in a new arrangement. Right. And that's what makes the Pill and Ibiza song so good is that it uses a bit of both of these techniques. So uh, what I've done here is I've taken just a tiny portion of your voice where you're going, And all of a sudden, we now have an instrument. Wow. (laughs) Can I play? (laughs) That's nuts. So I just played your voice. So all of a sudden, you're now an instrument. Yeah, that is surreal. Pretty cool. Very cool. What if we tried to just really quickly make a song? Yeah. Make a pop drop? Make a pop drop. Yeah. That's probably not going to be a Calvin Harris pop drop or a C pop drop. But no. Let's just give it a go. Great. So first thing we need? A, vo- a, vocal, a beat. We need a beat. We need a beat. We yes. have a vocal. A we need a beat. We need a beat. Okay. <laughs> so to make a beat, I'm going to take some drums. We're going to take a classic 808. Great. And kick drum. Nice. Four on the floor. Snare. Yeah. Get that in the mix. Yep. That's that's the ticket. Hi-hat. This is the yeah. simplest beat you could ever possibly make. Yeah. Right? But uh, but effective. And we need a clap, right? Yeah. But the clap is, like, less frequent, right? Yeah. Yeah. You got a beat. I'm I'm, I'm shaking my this, hips, man. This is, the, this is the simplest beat you can possibly make. Do we want to make it a little bit more interesting? Um, let's make it one thing more interesting. 
we probably need one other element. Yeah, some some background uh, synthesizers or bass or something. Let's make a bass line. Okay, good. All right. Great. We can only take so much of this. Okay. I think in order to make this interesting, we're going to have to mess with your vocals some more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. First thing I think is we need to slow it down, right? Yeah. All right. So here we got something. Cool. Yeah. So that's my voice transformed that's into. That's your voice transformed. Yeah. And then we'll add the last element. yeah okay okay in summary all right all right so okay this is very this is fascinating and illuminating so we've seen uh we've identified the sound right the vocal sample sound we've uh identified where it occurs in the song that's this this post-chorus pop drop right and uh we've we've broken down how it's constructed in in ableton in a matter of of minutes right uh i guess my next question would be what does it mean why why i think why because producers want to always have their own sound and in order to create your own sound if you're able to make a synthesized something which nobody else can recreate you kind of have your own staple yes another way of putting it is like you can't cover this song because you don't have the sample of Mike Posner's voice or in Calvin Harris to say he has Rihanna's voice. Like you and I can't just go and get a pure sample acapella track of Rihanna's voice totally new. Though it's funny you say that because at the same time, if this is sort of a sonic signature of a DJ slash producer, then it's also become sort of devalued as everyone does it. It's less easy to like stand out from the pack. It's a funny thing. I think the technique was originally used for people to stand out, and now it is, as it is so easy to do, it has become ubiquitous. Interesting. In order to understand why it has become so ubiquitous, I think we need to go back in time and figure out where this whole thing started. Hell yeah. And we'll have to do that right after a message from our sponsors. Boom, and that's how you do it, people. (laughs) Cliffhanger. DJ Uh, Harding. Hard Charles. No, no. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. If you have allergies, then I've got a familiar scenario for you. You wake up on a beautiful spring morning and peek outside to get a feel of that nice breeze, but then you start to feel a little tickle in your nostrils. That tickle is the spring air telling you to go be a hermit and avoid the outside because you'll soon be a sniffling, sneezing mess. But don't listen to it. Allergies suck, but a good nasal spray makes all the difference. I personally learned that I suffer from adult onset allergies, and it's a real bummer. But a good allergy med makes all the difference for my ability to go out in the springtime to smell magnolias, my favorite flower. If you also want relief quickly to get back to breathing in the spring air, you can try Astapro. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. And it starts working in just 30 minutes. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. 
Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. Back to our investigation of yes. funny, manipulated voices overtaking choruses, yeah. creating this pop drop. I said, we were going to figure out where is this thing coming from? It might seem ubiquitous on the charts right now, but it right. is by no means a new technique at all. No. Okay, cool. No, this yeah. is this is actually goes back in history. I don't feel like we have a segment for going back to the recent past. <laughs> right. We We've got the- classical <laughs> masters if we want to go back into your esoteric stuff. Yes. What should we call this segment? That's a great question. Um, back to the future? New, the new classics. <laughs> I hate that. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> There's no bad ideas in brainstorming, <laughs> but sure. Uh, okay. What about... Um, what if we alter it and make it modern masters modern masters great modern masters great. wow that was like excruciating but we got there okay so we're going to look at both these techniques we're going to look at the technique first of what happens when we sort of reorient the phrasing and the sound uh, of someone's entire vocal track yeah which is sort of the second half of the mike posner part right, right? And we're also going to go into the history of how did this turning a voice into an entire keyboard happen. Yeah, very cool. So let's go back to the early hip-hop days yes. when in order to create a track, you had to have two turntables running two vinyl tracks at the same time, beat matching both of them so that you could replay the backbeat over and over. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think. Can we break that down a little bit? Okay, so basically... Uh, Early hip hop. Yeah. This is before sort of consumer sampler software that made it incredibly easy to repeat uh, a section of a song in order for you to create a, a section where there is a constant beat. What you would have to do is you want to sample a record. Well, you play that record and you play a section of it. And then you have to scratch back to it again. Yeah. Right, And so what great DJs are doing is oftentimes playing a beat, scratching back to it. So that beat is repeating or having the same beat on two vinyls at the same time. So one goes, then the next one goes, they scratch back one, the next one goes. I mean, like basically you had to be a, a, a total uh, virtuoso yeah, yeah. to be able to beat match on the fly. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like in the modern era, it's like if you had two versions of Spotify open at the same time and you like play one, pause, play one, the other one, pause <laughs> yeah. in order to keep the music going. Yeah. Right. And so the section that was repeated, right, that would be the break. Yeah. And so I've got an example um, of an early break being played by the Cold Crush Brothers from 1981 in their MC battle. And they're sampling a track called Cerrone's Rocket in the Pocket, which has a vocal sample on it. And you're going to hear that there is a manipulation of that sample. Okay, okay. cool. You hear... Yeah, in the background. It's kind of mellow. Yeah. In the background, but it sounds kind of like this manipulated vocal, right? Yeah. Clearly, it's like it has that chipmunk vocal sound, right? Totally. So that is a, a sample of Cerrone's Rocket in the Pocket, which is actually a live track. 
So there's Whoa. the vocal. Let's just go back and listen one more time. To Cold to, Crush. To yeah. Cold Crush. Cool, right? Whoa. And the reason why this is going on is that in order to get to the tempo that they wanted, they actually had to play the turntable, move it from a 33 to a 45. Basically means the turntable is playing faster. Right. It's going to speed up the vocals. It's going to speed up the the tempo as well. Right. So this is the earliest example I could find of a weird manipulated vocal and sort of modern pop music. Now, of course... I don't mean to say that this is the first. I'm sure there are many other great examples out there. Uh, the world of sampling goes way back into the 40s and 50s and with music concrete and the whole academic music world and certainly rock bands like Pink Floyd and even the Beatles were using sampling techniques early on. So it's not to say this is the first time it's ever been done, yeah. but it's sort of an early indicator in the world of popular music in the world of hip hop and it's going to evolve from there. Yeah. Good, good disclaimer, Charlie. <laughs> cover, cover our tracks. <laughs> cover our tracks. Okay, so that sound I feel like is the um, what's a really smart word for like the, the the first instance of something which inspires a much bigger something. Uh, the 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 germ, the dawn, the yeah, this this harbinger. Is, the I, I think this is the herald. <laughs> <laughs> this is the creative germ which fully blossoms in the 2000s. We're going to get there in a second, but begins to be even more prominent in the 90s. Sort of the godfather, I think, of this sound would be RZA from Wu-Tang. And Mm. I want to listen to a track where this repitching of a phrase is very much in the forefront of the track and and becomes a a sonic characteristic, which we'll recognize even more as we we move into the the later era. Yeah. So this is is off their their track, Tears. And it's, and it's sampling uh, a woman named Wendy Renee, her track called After Laughter Came Tears. see they've they've played with and manipulated that vocal a little bit and uh and made it the backing track to uh their song wow cool now this sound i don't know what you think i think is incredibly familiar because this whole style from the early 2000s called like chipmunk soul became the sound that you heard everywhere on the radio yeah so i think the sound which just germinated through the cold crush brothers and evolved through rizza really was popularized by kanye west all roads lead to Kanye. <laughs> so we'll just listen to off of one of his earlier albums, the the song School Spirit. Yeah. School Spirit up for the Alpha Step, Omega Step, Kappa Step, Sigma Step, Gangsters Walk, Pimps Gon' Talk. Oh, heck you know, that boy is raw. AKA Step, Delta Step, SGO Step, Zeta Step, Gangsters Walk. Pimps gonna talk. Ooh, heck you know that <laughs> Chipmunk Soul. Yeah, Chipmunk Soul. Cool. Right? Yeah. And so I think we have a better idea of what the, why does this sound exist? Well, it's coming through this 
early seed of records having to be warped and played at different speeds. Yes. Eventually, certainly you know, by, by the time Kanye is making this track, he's got modern software yeah. uh, that's, that's doing it for him. But it comes through this old technology yeah. and through the realm of hip hop. Dude, everything new is old. Everything it's, new is yeah. old. And it's not just like, let's make chipmunk sounds because it sounds interesting it actually has a lineage to this earlier era right it, when it was a technological necessity exactly yeah so technique number one manipulating a sample changing pitching reorienting the phrasing of, of a piece right um, which we hear uh in I, as i was saying i think in the second half of the mike posner line the second turning a vocal into a keyboard Yeah. Right. This is where we took an ooh section of what you were singing and mapped it out into the keyboard and you can play your own voice. Well, this too is by no means a new technique. It comes through many different genres and we're going to start off with an early hip hop track called Just a Buggin' by the band Whistle. This is from 1986. Wow. We call whistle, and this is true. We love to do the things that we're not supposed to do. We don't need robbing, stealing, or mugging. In fact, we'll take it seriously. We're only bugging. Wow. So if if this kind of repitching of people's voices and turning it into a synthesizer sounds like it's it's popular now, it yeah. wasn't just popular now. It was popular then. So from the same That was 1986. That was 1986 and from the exact same wow. year 1986, uh, a pop track called I Can't Wait from New Shoes uses exactly the same thing. By the way, this is New Shoes N U S H O O Z. So earlier on, you asked, why are people using the sound? And yes. and I had responded, well, I think it's because they want to differentiate and develop a, a producer style that is hard to copy. Right. Now that everybody's doing it, I wonder, does this effect actually fade into the background? Like, has, has it, have we reached top pop drop with manipulated vocal sound? It does seem like we could be reaching a saturation point with this technique. Right. That it's uh, so easy to identify. Yes. It becomes harder to know which producer actually produced it in some ways. Right. And yet it does, as you pointed out at the beginning of this episode, it does serve a very specific function in this genre of, of EDM dance music, which is creeping into the mainstream pop charts. Right. Uh, it has crept in. It is we, there. We, it is there. Right. It has taken over. And so that that pop drop section doesn't seem to be going anywhere immediately. Right. So maybe there's some other thing to insert into that song. Maybe, Into that yeah. section, rather. Yeah, yeah. Whether that, it's a saxophone, saxophone. or, uh, you know, a, a bassoon or I mean, I, a kazoo. I don't know. Maybe I'm there's some, really some hoping, new sound around the corner. 
French horn is my favorite yeah. instrument. <laughs> Maybe it's like a cat meowing. Or yeah, something. why not? Right, it could be anything. Yeah, interesting. No, I, I agree. I don't. I don't see it going anywhere. There is this um, attraction to the the maybe the uncanniness of it uh, that it will probably be endless. To, to just hear a voice doing something that a voice isn't supposed to be able to do is kind of transfixing, you know? And, and that's the beautiful thing about it is that it's, it is impossible to replicate each version. Every time that somebody does this, it's going to take on a different vocal right, char- yeah. a, a subtle characteristic to it. That's what I got. That's wow, our investigation. That was, that was a lot of fun. Thank you for taking me down that garden path. All right, pop drop. Yeah. Investigation closed. Switch on Pop was produced by me, Charlie Harding. And me, Nate Sloan. Thank you for support from Mike Maffetone, our great web developer and part-time producer. Artwork, as always, by the amazing Luke Harris. Switch on Pop is part of the Panoply Network, and you can listen to more of our episodes on switchedonpop.com. Of course, anywhere you get your podcasts. In particular, if you go to iTunes and leave us a review, it would mean a lot to support the show. And if you want to connect with us on the internet, you can reach us on Twitter at switch.pop. Otherwise, we'll be back in two weeks. And until then, thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening. And big birthday love to Charlie Harding. Uh, birthday, 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 birthday. One final shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. You know what's a terrible question? What's your favorite part of having nasal allergies? I don't know. Absolutely nothing. Luckily, you might be able to find some relief with Astapro. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. And it starts working in just 30 minutes. Get fast acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount. That's astaproallergy.com. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies.